Happy birthday to Mastering Music! We celebrate our one year birthday! And that's amazing! I am speechless! How can I say? This is so incredible! We managed to do one year of episodes. It's been a little bit bumpy now in the end because I'm really sorry for this, but I'm not sorry because me and my boyfriend, we bought a house, so we've been renovating a lot. Uh, you know, doing all the handyman work and isolating a really nice studio for me. So there's going to be an um, improvement in the podcast, hopefully. And we also bought a puppy, a beautiful little guy. It's been busy, let's just say that. But now we are back on track again with episodes and really nice episodes coming. For you guys, we have one episode, a long episode coming up soon with Anton Sommers, who is a violin luthier in Belgium. So look out for that episode and you will learn everything about the magic of making an instrument a string instrument really incredible but this episode is all about playing jazz on the cello with stefan brown he's an amazing jazz man and an amazing cellist is incredible what he can do on this instrument he's like a whole band in just one instrument the cello what more do you need he can play the cello as a drum, as a bass, as a guitar, you name it. He's so incredible. So I'm really happy to share him with you. He's a professor in Berlin, in the jazz department. He's a head of the strings there, so if you want to get lessons from him, that's the way to go. He also plays in a lot of ensembles. He has a band or an ensemble with his wife, who is also a cellist, and she also sings. So actually, we're going to listen to one of these beautiful songs shortly. And this is Rutesheim interview. So I'm just going to let you know that if you want a piece of cello heaven, Rutesheim is coming up in the end of October. And if you have the opportunity, you should go there and listen to their amazing concerts because all the fantastic music of the cello is going to be played in these amazing concerts. And if you want to learn more about the cello or learn from the professors, you can always come and listen to the master classes. So just visit Rutesheim if you are close to Germany or even if you're not close, go there because it's really amazing. So now let's just head it off and learn everything about jazz and playing jazz on the cello. And it's very special because Stefan Brown is the first jazz man to come to the podcast. So we are really celebrating here in our one year birthday. And if you have more people that you want me to interview or more questions or different questions that you want me to ask my victims, I was almost going to say, but <laughs> my guests in my podcast, let me know, write me a message on my Facebook page or on my webpage, masteringmusic.com. You can always find me. I am everywhere. So let's listen to Stefan Baum and some beautiful jazz music on the cello. Don't get lost 
real or what is fake I'm drowning in the underground Don't get lost in the crowd of this city Don't get lost in the trouble of this world Don't get lost in the crowd of this city Don't get lost in the trouble of this world music Stefan Baum. Thank you very much. You're a very honorable guest because you are the first jazz man we have in the podcast. Thank you. And it feels really good that he's a cellist. <laughs> I'm like yes a rare phoenix. I found him and I got him the podcast. You play the cello and you play jazz which is quite uh, unusual. So how did this, this happen? Like where does it come from? Yeah, actually my first instrument uh, as a child uh, was the piano. So I started in the age of six playing the piano and in the age of eight I started with uh, cello and some years I did both things together. But then I decided to go for more for the cello and I always went for classical music. Uh, so I started uh, studying classical music. But at the same time I was interested in jazz, but I started playing jazz on piano, of course. That's more the common or the normal instrument playing jazz. And it's also a, a very good way to start because you can play all the chords, the melodies all together. and. So, um, and then there are many players, so you get a lot of inspiration and that was my first way. And I've long time, I thought it's not possible on cello until I met somebody, um, a viola player from Hamburg, his name is Mike Rutledge. So he had like a tutorial for classical string players at the music university and gave, uh, improvisation lessons. Uh, and improvisation in general and also jazz. Uh, I thought, man, he's great. Uh, I will take some private lessons with him. And then I thought out, okay, what's possible on viola? Should be also possible on the cello. And I asked at the jazz department in Hamburg, uh, is it possible to study jazz and cello? And they said, yes, you have to make the audition. Yeah, then you can study with different teachers. We have not a cello teacher, but you can study with bass teachers, saxophone teachers, piano teachers. And then step by step, I made the audition and I quit classical music and I totally focused on jazz. And finally I made diploma in jazz and uh, I was playing immediately with different bands and musicians. And now I'm freelance jazz cellist. Yeah. And was it hard like on, that you didn't have a cellist teacher? Or did you think that it was liberating, maybe? I mean, the good thing was that I uh, was playing classical music for many years before, and I also studied classical music before, so I had uh, already enough uh, lessons and inspirations for knowing how to play some stuff on the cello and now to know which techniques I can use. But of course, um, when I started playing jazz and cello, it changed also the way of my playing a lot and I found out new techniques and especially when, when you play together with other great musicians, with guitar players, bass players, drummers, pianists, saxophone players. So everybody has a different um, attitude making um, music. So they showed me how they start with 
improvising and um, I learned like some pizzicato techniques from guitar players and also some bass techniques from bass players and some uh, percussion techniques when I uh, use them with my fingers on the instrument from uh, percussion players or tabla players and yeah and of course the most uh, stuff about improvisation as a solo player I learned from horn players actually. But I think um, I can really hear that when you play because it's like a whole orchestra and it's just you playing so it's like oh my god uh, we don't need anyone else it's like really putting every everything on the edge and showing how cool the shallow actually is that you really can do everything with it which I think is amazing and I am thinking now when you tell your story that maybe it wouldn't have been that easy for you to be that multi-talented in how to uh, work with the shallow if it weren't for that there was no other teacher in shallow. Or do you think they was helping you uh, actually that there was no shallow teacher there in jazz? No, I wouldn't say this. I mean, when you find a thing you really are looking for, then you have, you find out that there's uh, some extra energy in your body to do this and you are convinced that that's the right thing for you so and finally I was happy that I found out yeah that's the thing what I want to do and on the other side uh, I was also lucky with my classical teachers that's not normal and especially 20 years ago it was not normal that he was open to different uh, styles of music and he said yeah when you want to try out jazz let's do it and um, that's fine for me and uh, this was a big help actually and also my parents or my family they said um, okay you want to quit the serious way of playing classical music become an orchestra musician and what what do you what do you want to do with jazz and nobody said no uh, don't do this that's like too much risk and it will change your life and it's not uh, serious and so everybody says okay let's try it and that was also a help of course i mean it was not like like an influence for me but it was a uh, hard to know okay there are not people who are against it and i have to fight for my right that i want to become a jazz musician as a cello player mm, that's really nice that you are so supportive yeah. so what do you think is uh, like the good ingredients for a jazz musician like what do you think is like a good recipe for one i mean the first thing is that you really love the music that you love different styles of music and you love to listen to music i have to say that um with my education and also with my background with family i was uh, as a child i was focused a very long time more or less to classical music and later i started with jazz but i have not a huge background uh, belonging to rock and pop music and sometimes I'm missing this a little bit, but uh, that's why I have to say to everybody, listen to many different styles of music you can and find out what you love and then really listen to all this music. That's the most important thing and try to get a feeling for grooves and dance and everything and also to sing the music. Maybe get inspiring by the other musicians like... Uh not only your own yeah for sure that's very important uh, it makes the most fun when you find musicians who are on the same level and on same i they have the same idea and approach to music and then you're on stage together and you think oh he feels the same stuff like i do in the same moment and that feels like it's much b uh, bigger and it grows and uh, it brings you to another level actually yeah and uh, when you practice jazz like do you have any good tips for practicing because uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there are many uh, uh, people, many students who are asking me, yeah, I want to learn jazz, but I don't know where to start. It's so much and it's all about scales. And I always tell them, please don't uh, think that uh, jazz has just to do with scales. There's so much behind this. So actually, um, let's start just with a very simple uh, song you like. It doesn't need to be a jazz and it can be also a pop a song, song. <laughs> a Swedish song, a folk song, or a, a Spanish song, or a French or a Polish song. So it doesn't matter which one. And just take your favorite song and play it on the instrument and then think about, okay, how can I play a bass for this song? How can I find a chord for this song? And how can I change a little bit the melody? How can I improvise with the rhythm of the melody? And uh, when I am looking for chords, um, how can I uh, take these tones of the chords for improvisation? So um, there are many steps 
you can use uh, on find your way to improvise and work with a, a song uh, beside the classical music and I'm still not talking about scales. Of course, when you uh, want to play uh, music like uh, from Charlie Parker, John Coltrane or modern jazz uh, styles, then you need to know all the chords and then you need to uh, learn also different scales and practice them. But I always tell uh, my students, learn the scale, but use it in a musical way also. So uh, try to find some exercises which are very musical. And um, it's also because we have some, I've been listening to your lessons and also playing in them. So I, I heard that you say that, what do you want with this music? You always ask that, what do you want with it? Uh, so would it be like a correct like descriptions to say that the scales are the alphabet and then the music are the, the language? I mean, uh, the alphabet, yeah, maybe. But still, I mean, I, I play sometimes together with musicians and they even can't read music and they write their own songs. So it's a different um, way to work, say compose their songs on an instrument and, and then so they send me the recording and I have to learn the songs by the recording. They have no idea about scales or anything, so they are just working um, with the ideas and the way they are used to make music. Yeah, it's totally different. So I wouldn't say you need to know the scales and need to know where the tones are on my instrument. It belongs always to the style of music you want to do. And if you play uh, in, uh, for example, uh, Indian style music. So then you have, of course, you have one scale, but you have no harmonies, you know, you don't play through different chord changes or something like this or progressions. So you're just playing in one scale. So that means you're just working on one scale and, but this musician maybe has no idea how to play over 12 bar blues or something like this, because every time there's a new chord and he's not used to this. So it belongs to uh, the music and the, to the style, what you want to do. And that's good um, to find out when you listen to many different styles of music and you also try out many different styles, then you are as, as flexible uh, as you can. Nice, it's really uh, good advice. I'm so grateful for this. Um, I'm gonna ask you about composition also, where we, where we okay. are at it, to make music. like. Do you have any good, because you said that you always make your students, uh, because you're a teacher also in jazz, so you also mm. make them uh, do songs of their own? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important when you're an improviser on your instrument, of course, then it goes fluently over to compose also own songs. Uh, uh, the best way is when you find a way to make a living and uh, you can play your own music and improvise over your own music. And that's why for this, you need your own songs. And uh, when you improvise, then you are actually a, a instant composer. So, um, and when you really want to write your own music, then take your time, check out your instrument, jam a little bit with yourself and try to create a melody, which is beautiful or a rhythm or a groove, which is beautiful. And I always push my students, um, let's say have to write their own songs too. And, um, they can learn it and copying some styles like uh, let's say okay they have to write their own blues their own written changes piece or their own ballad or their own bossa nova and at the end i'm also pushing them in a direction that they have to find a way to make a song very interesting and not like um yeah a blues has to be like this why uh, could not the blues be with 14 bars instead of 12, you know? So make a surprise for everybody. And uh, that's what we are looking for on stage. When, when I listen to a concert and I know after two songs, okay, that's the music. And I don't need to listen anymore because I know already what will be the next song. And then I think that's not uh, the way I want to make music. I always want to surprise a little bit and find something new. And if, even if there are just some small details. Yeah, that's really the element of surprise should never be neglected. Yes, yeah, so it should be always interesting yeah. for yourself and also for your, the listeners. Yeah, and also with the dynamics and everything, yeah. like you have so many elements um, to, to work with. Um, do you have any good tips for like uh, surviving in jazz? Like, I mean, after you graduate your schools and everything, there's, it's a new life starting. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, yeah, life is changing all the time. And uh, I, I'm 
in a lucky position that uh, I choose an instrument making jazz where not so many musicians. Um, there are not so many string players in the jazz world and even there are not many cellists in the jazz world. Uh, on one side that's good because um, there are not so many players who want to have the same job like you, but on the other side there are also not so many projects who want to have an improvising cellist, not like in a string quartet sitting there for background mm -hmm. strings. Uh, so I'm always looking for um, projects where I really can play what I want in different situations, but I want to improvise and, and I'm like kind of solo player. I, uh, I'm not looking for playing in a bigger string section and uh, let's say in a string orchestra or something like that. So not not now, maybe later, you never know. But um, for this, I'm at the moment in a situation that uh, I found my role in the world and uh, I have my uh, jobs and my projects, my own projects. Uh, Deep strings, the duo and my trio. I'm not playing at the moment with my trio because I have no time to organize, but I'm a sideman in uh, many different uh, bands and uh, in bands from my own country in Germany, also international projects. And I can survive with this, so that makes me happy. And um, yeah, that's the uh, a good thing when you find the way what you want to do and you can survive with this. But uh, before you come there, I, I would suggest let's take every chance to make music you can do when you are young and, and don't look to the money. It's more about that you become a f uh, very flexible musician and meet many different people in the world. The, the more you meet and the more you know, the better possibilities you will uh, get to uh, play music and earn some money. Yeah. So it's better to show yourself to so people know that you exist. Yeah, for sure. That's very important. And um, I mean, when I started, it was always about, man, let's make the first record, you know, and now it's not important anymore to make a record. It's more important to have a, a actual video of your own stuff that you send a link to the management or to your organizer of a festival and say, can see, okay, that's what the music is about. That's the life situation. And... I'm convinced and I want to invite them or not and, and nobody is interested anymore to get a CD for organizing concerts. Yeah. Also saying okay on that's the level I am at the moment and that's my music and I want to uh, fix it on the on the CD and that's uh, that's for now the, the my moment. You, know? uh, you talked about your duo Deep Strings. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic duo that I heard on the concert here and it's so good and it's with the, another cellist, it's your wife, Mrs. Yeah, Swartz, Swartz, Swartz and Yeah, yeah Swartz and yeah. <laughs> But actually that was uh, not the reason. <laughs> no, um, it's funny, yeah, we have uh, two colored uh, last names, but um, actually um, that's a nice project because um, it's not really jazz, it's more like we are playing songs and she is singing and playing cello at the same time and I play cello and percussion, sometimes also double bass. And I'm looking for creating different grooves and um, just for combing stuff on the cello. I'm using loop station to record myself and uh, always looking for some new ideas to that we you not have a normal song with ABA or something like this so it's always a it's like a yeah more like a song band you know a song duo yeah. and sometimes if uh, when we have some concerts on bigger festivals we have the chance to invite some other musicians with uh, percussion or we even played with classical string quartet yeah. and it was a really nice experience yeah, it's really cool, and your 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 wife is a cellist normally, yeah. and then she sings also, it's, and she sings very well. I'm yeah, really thank you very I much. I really love it. It's a, such a beautiful duo, um, also because it's there's some magic there. I guess it's also love, a lot of um, love in it. That's always <laughs> when when you play together um, with musicians, you know very well, and I know of course my wife very well. We played many concerts together, and also with other musicians, I have the same experience. And you're on stage and doesn't matter what happens you are feel always safe so that's really uh that that's a good start to um taking some risk to try out something new spontaneously on stage and uh, this helps you um, creating something new on stage so when you have the feeling okay we are really good together i know this guy since many years and 
doesn't matter what I go for, they will follow me. And, and that's really nice uh, in this duo because we're just two and I can do what I want. She will always follow me. And also, um, yeah, if something happens, we always find a way to uh, come back yeah. to what we want to do. So it's a very good tip to find good people to work with. That, uh, yeah, very, very important. Also for classical music, it's very important to find your people you want to make chamber music or in, in, in jazz or pop music to find it musicians you want to work with and really like get into the music very deep. If someone will come with a proposition, uh, like a person you, you have heard them play, but you don't know them personally, what do you look for like to know that this will be a good project because this person could work with me or do you have anything like that? I mean, I'm always looking for something new. So if there are any musicians who want to do a project, um, I'm always totally open. I am also, uh, I have a project together with an actor, with a, a famous German actor, and he's reading stories and I'm playing um, music live when he's reading. So it's like kind of radio play, something, radio game. And uh, especially when you have a criminal story and I can make sounds and really, really strange mm -hmm. dirty things and not just only with the instrument, also with some little toys. It's a completely different thing, but he's so open. Uh, he feels like a musician, so then sometimes he gives me some time to develop a special scene. And sometimes I stay out uh, that um, he's just there alone and reads uh, the next chapter. So it makes it uh, really interesting working with different people um, and different projects. And um, sometimes you find out it happens very well and then you hope to do uh, another project again with the same guys. And sometimes you find out oh, we are not in the same groove. Maybe next one I have no time maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool. We are not on the same groove. I like that expression. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. Oh, we are not in the same groove. It's good. So you work a lot with um, different kind of people and that makes uh, a complete uh, set. But you also have a lot of equipment with you. You have uh, some percussion and the loop station. So you have like a whole car filled with stuff. Yeah, you know, when... <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't feel so young anymore, but uh, when you are young and uh, when I finished my study, I was end of 20. And then, of course, you're looking always for, especially as a, a boy, you're looking always for little toys. You know, you want to experiment with electronics. You want to experiment with some little extra percussion stuff. And so that makes a lot of fun to try out uh, different stuff. And yeah, so... I love to use my pedals. It's actually not so much when I compare it to some guitar players. So I just have one case with my pedals all, all are fixed. And it's just a looper, it's a pitch shifter, it's a reverb and delay and equalizer. So that's it. That's not so much, but still for compared to classical cello players, it's a, a lot. Yeah, but I, I also I had some projects where I played acoustically, so just my instrument, and this was really so relaxed for me. So we played uh, concerts in churches and concert halls, and I just came there and I need a chair, and that's it. So it belongs <laughs> to um, how much you want to carry with you. Sometimes I think, oh man, I carry so much with me. Um, it's hard, but you're, I'm still kind of young, and it's okay to carry all the stuff. Maybe when I'm 70, I don't want to play uh, want to do this anymore so. or maybe then i have an assistant hopefully <laughs> <laughs> yeah someone who can carry it because the cello is quite heavy it's like the classical thing when you play the cello like wouldn't it be easier yeah. to play the piccolo it's like yeah and then you're like oh i'm just gonna have a speaker and a <laughs> little station yeah. with me as well <laughs> actually a cello case is fine for me so yeah. i'm used to it you just have to suffer for the art when it comes to loop station. Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, got a lot of nice things for you. I know that you have a new CD with the deep strings. It's not on Spotify, so you cannot find it there. But we can yeah. order it. You can order it, yeah. Actually, um, yeah, it's, it's not right. It's not a new CD. We are working on our new CD. And to make the new CD ready, we want to sell more from the old CDs, of course. <laughs> but the, the CD is um, yeah, called uh, uh, Fasson. And it's uh, of my band Deep Strings, and um, we published it, I think, uh, already 2012 or 13. So it's not really new, but we have uh, already new program. And um, you know, when you have family and uh, other projects to do, so sometimes your own project 
steps one step back in the background and you just play some concerts but you find no time to compose new songs and but finally since two years uh, gets again more and more and we want to uh, do a new record but uh, until now you can buy our actual cd it's called fasson yeah and we can buy it on the internet you can buy it on the internet yeah i think you can also it's not on spotify i know um i i still have to work on this but you can buy it on itunes i think and you can buy it also on amazon and everywhere and also via uh, the website of beatstrings.com yeah. yeah and we can only find you on the like website you have our own website yeah, mm, you have some website. YouTube videos. That's very nice. YouTube videos from Rutusheim. Oh, many, yeah, many of them are from Rutusheim. That's all. Always, uh, uh, I, at a, I have the feeling that's uh, at the moment the most important thing for musicians to have some good videos in the web, especially from live performances, not like produced videos. It's nice to have a produced video, but it's better to have like a live performance uh, yeah. uh, videos. And I'm happy to be here at this Cello Academy since I think seven years. Yeah. And there are some videos out and they have a video team here and sound engineers. So I'm happy that everything is there already. So I just tell them, okay, I love this song. And do you think it's possible that you can uh, make a version out of it and publish it? And so sometimes um, it happens that they yeah. pull out some videos. That's yeah. great. If you get nervous when you're on this big stage, because here's very, very big stage, uh, what do you do? Like, what do you do to handle your nervosity? I mean, um, the good thing is when you improvise or uh, when you do your own music, you can choose what you want to play. It's not like uh, you play Brahms Sonata and then the third bar is the most difficult part uh, and then you suck this one, then yeah. it makes no fun to play the rest. The last 28 minutes. Mm -hmm. So um, in my situation, um, I can choose how I want to start. And that feels very comfortable and takes out a lot of yes. nervousity. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, haha, -ha. classical <laughs> musician. Yeah, I mean, but I, uh, I actually yesterday, uh, a classical cellist asked me, yeah, how, yeah, always when I play, um, the classical music and uh, I have to prepare Haydn concerto with orchestra I play it in, in one week I'm, I'm already nervous and when I see you you're playing your music and it's, it seems always so relaxed and and so he was really impressed and asked me yeah how can I do this I have no idea and I mean for music like the, the Haydn concerto I could imagine also not to start with uh, the first uh, tone of the solo cello maybe it's also nice to play just to some tones of the uh, cello part of the orchestra just to get the feeling okay that's how I feel now I need to warm up a little bit and I learn the first bars of the orchestra part and maybe that's a good way when you play um, music with an orchestra just to warm up on stage and actually I would not have a problem as a listener um, if somebody is playing the orchestra part just to be feel more safe okay now after uh, 30 bars, then my part starts and it feels already better when I played something yeah. before. Warming up and jam. Warming up jam on stage, yeah. 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 Feel a part of the crowd. It's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. It's really nice advice. I never thought about that. Um, I'm going to give you the last three questions. And it's you. Uh, we need a, an advice for a young uh, student in the music school. Okay. And an advice for one in the conservatorium, a jazz conservatorium. Okay. And then one who is a freelancer. Uh, so, music school student. For music school, I mean, um, open your ears and try to listen to all the different music you can find. And uh, yeah, um, try to find different ways to make music on your cello. So, work on read uh, reading music, you, you know, and try outside reading. We play together with different musicians and in school and also with different instruments and learn how it feels. Uh, to play together in a trio on quartet and yeah make uh, uh, try to make already different uh, kinds of music and different uh, kinds of um, ensembles yeah that's good advice yeah. and uh, number two in the conservatorium i mean it's more or less the same but then you can already look for teachers um, you think uh, maybe this one could be interesting for me because I want to learn uh, improvisation and it doesn't need to be exactly the same 
instrumentalist like you i mean when you are a cellist uh, it doesn't mean that you have to look for an improvising cellist when you want to learn improvisation it's also fine when you're looking for a guitar player and ask him oh could i have some lessons with you and you show me some stuff how i can start to improvise when you're in music school it's uh, quite difficult especially in germany because nobody is used to um, uh, show um, how it's working with jazz and improvisation but in the conservatory i think uh, you will find some people who are playing also jazz on their instrument and just uh, keep your ears and eyes open to find uh, some other teachers also next to your instrumental teacher yeah you learn from more musicians and a freelancer or a professional one yeah i mean when you already made your exam on a music university and you're looking for make a living i can just say in the beginning when you are young you have to um play everything what say ask you to play and, and uh, if you find time of course you don't need to do some prostitute jobs you know <laughs> but uh, as long as you feel uh, safe with this so that you think yeah that's my musical taste you should try out everything and um, get your own um, collect your own experiences to know okay that's fine that i want to do more and that I'm that's not so cool that I'm not looking for and um, but try out many different stuff to meet many people so many people as possible that everybody knows okay that's this guy he can improvise on the channel or um, sometimes I get uh, um, an email from um, producers yeah we know that you're teaching jazz um, and we are looking for a string quartet for pop music we have a new record uh, coming out uh, in two months but we need string players who can play on a click or can play groove music do you know some students mm. and uh, i always uh, when i would be in the situation as a student or almost done with, with my exam and then i would say yeah go for this and but also don't be shy to ask to get a fee for this. So sometimes everybody thinks, yeah, when you are a student, you can play for free. I would say, of course, you need to make your own experience. But on the other side, also ask, yeah, but um, I spent one day for this. So can you pay me a fee? Mm. What normally uh, you would need to do for a professional musician. Yeah, yeah. that's a good advice. I actually come come up with one more question. <laughs> okay. It's um what do you think is a common mistake that people do who play jazz? Playing much and saying nothing. Okay. That's a good <laughs> good one. <laughs> so less is more and more is more. Yeah, <laughs> I mean of course I'm also um uh, I'm I like grooves and I like to play fast as well, but um of course it has to be uh, a story behind. That's very important. And if you miss the story, then everything can be so boring. And uh, yeah, I, as I said before, after two songs, you know already how the full concert will be, uh, the full set, and why it makes sense to stay. Then I leave the, the mm -hmm. concert, you know. And that's important, uh, important that you always have to say something on stage. Thank you so much, Stefan Brown. Thank you. Amazing advice. So um, we have uh, a student with us now from the Rutesheim Festival, uh, Jordan Hamilton. Yes, yes. And where are you from? I currently live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I was born in Maryland and did some studies in Ohio. Cool. So it's uh, America. Yes. The new world. Yeah. So you came a very long way to go to Rutesheim, huh? A very long way, yes. How many hours was in the plane? Well, I got the cheapest tickets, so I have layovers. You know, in total, it takes me about a day and a half to travel. Uh, but the ticket or the plane from uh, Lisbon to Boston is six hours. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. So you were in Portugal a little bit on, yeah, on your way here. <laughs> just in the airport. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they actually gave me the biggest trouble with yeah. my cello. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to blacklist you. <laughs> yeah, they are. I'll never be welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nice when they uh, make fuss with your cello because it's such a nerve-wracking thing to fly with. Yeah. yeah. You took your electric cello with you. I took you. my electric cello because I didn't want to fly with my acoustic. But you're um, in the jazz masterclass here, so it's quite... Suitable yeah. to have an electric one. Yeah, it fits. It and you fits. also had your speaker with you and yeah, yeah the whole was, kit. 
Yep, I was able to fit all my speaker and my pedals inside of the case, the That's Pelican case. Also, I played some gigs before this in France uh, with my solo gig. I played in probably about five different places. So I needed my my speaker. Yeah. I needed all my pedals so I can do my full show. Cool. So you can combine your work with this festival, actually. Exactly. <laughs> so normally when you are back in the States, you play in a band? Yeah. So I play with this band called uh, Last Gasp Collective. <gasps> like Last Gasp. Or Dead Note. <laughs> and uh, we play around the Midwest area as well. It's, it's a like big band, though. No? It's a lot of a lot of people. Oh. Yeah, it's a hip hop band, uh, soul band, uh, but it's a lot of energy. You know, we typically like to have people dance or have a great time. But it's really soul felt lyrics. Very honest they're about you know having family, or they're about dealing with the pressures of paying bills or yeah. Um, we should just know that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and when are you gonna have your big break? You know, it's kind of a lot of the lyrics are like that. Or just reflecting on childhood friends. So that's a band, but we know we come together as friends and, you know, business people. And we help each other make albums like solo Mm. projects or... So right now we're going through that phase when the group leader, Jay Jackson, Justin Jackson, is also an engineer, Mm. guitarist, and rapper. Um, So the vision we had when we were doing this group was to have it be sort of like a label. So we can produce albums for the people that are in the band. So everybody in the band has an individual, mm. you know, set, but we can also come together and play together. Yeah. So I'm over here as my individual set, but you know, I get to also be a part of this band still mm. while I have my individual set because that is how we function. And you think you're going to release some songs or you already released of them? Yeah, three songs, I think. Uh, so I'm in the process of releasing a three-part album mm. um, for Renling. My thoughts are of this world, not from this world. Mm. And for Renling is out already. And it uh, sort of touches on a little bit of the political climate in America now, but also it's talking about the internal pursuit of a state of Ren, which is uh, the physical manifestation of altruism. So cool. I'm trying to find peace within... And within these times that we're living through right now, which I think is a very touchy subject for people now. Yeah. So we can listen to this on Spotify? Yeah, this is on Spotify, YouTube, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. JordanHamiltonMusic.com. I have all the links there. And uh, then the band is also everybody. We just released like four projects in the last like three months. Yeah. So, so you are like a, a rapping cellist who plays a little bit of jazz and a little bit of your own music. You're quite broad in the jungles. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up surrounded by a lot of influences. But, you know, one of my biggest musical inspirations is Bobby McFerrin. Yeah. <laughs> I really love Bobby McFerrin and how he doesn't allow sort of, you know, styles that he's learned to trap him into a corner of only playing this one thing so you know i i'm very inspired by his solo sets and how he'll go from like you know just beatboxing to singing you know blackbird and then he'll go to somebody's jacket and start beating on that jacket and then make a whole song on the spot you know i love stuff like that um so that sort of inspired me to not limit any of the inspirations that i've had growing up in my solo sets if I feel that it expresses something true to me, I'll put it in my set. So why did you come to Rutusheim? Because it's Stephen Brown. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> That's why I came because of Stephen. I would have went anywhere. <laughs> what, what, what is so special with Stefan? Uh, to me, he's just the best cellist I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> to me, you know, it's just like I've never heard anybody play the stuff that he's doing um, with such good feel and he's not doing it to uh, sort of prove that he can do it he just does it because like he wanted to do it and with that comes a genuine understanding of what you're doing and so he's able to teach it really well now if he couldn't teach it really well i would still come so i could just watch him do it yeah <laughs> but it just so happened that he could teach really well and it makes sense and i think it becomes from him being very genuine in his approach and 
wanting to be honest with his expression and how to actually play something. So you're happy with the the festival? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't really seen anybody else, you know, uh, teach. There's a lot of great cellists here. A lot of them play classical. Most of them play classical. So, you know, I've seen a lot of cellists play great classical, you know, and these are really great players. But like, I've, you know, I've seen that. I've never seen anybody play like Stefan. So I've sort of been stuck in that room, but I love it. You know, so I can't talk to the whole <laughs> festival. I don't know what it's like, but I think, I mean, I'm having a great time. And we got the jam last night and that was great. So, and I'm meeting really cool people, you know, like yourself, <laughs> you know, like you're doing cello and podcasts and all that stuff. And I really think it's cool that cellists are sort of finding new ways to interact with the modern world. Yeah. You're happy with the festival. That's really good. Yeah. And it's nice that you have such a... Because um, you travel so far far away, so it would be, like, really risky if it wasn't good. Yeah. But uh, you've been checking out stuff on, on YouTube, maybe. Or... Yeah, I couldn't go wrong, you know. As soon as I heard him, I heard him for the first time in, like, You're in like, high I school. Go there. Yeah, well, it's been, like, an eight-year journey. I, mean, I can't... Yeah, probably about eight years since I first saw him on YouTube. And, you know... Those videos still blow my mind. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I've tried to transcribe everything. And a lot of the, you know, techniques that I use now, some of them I've learned from his videos. And mm-hmm. I can't say that I wouldn't be where I'm at cello-wise without Stefan, you know. So that's and, a good tip also to look at people in videos and transcribe. Yeah, that's even how I learned how to do classical. You yeah. know, I remember Jacqueline Dupre yeah. was a big influence on my classical playing. And my vibrato particularly, because at the time when I was really young, I was trying to learn how to vibrato. So I would just watch her and I would replay the video over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. (laughs) And I would try and sound just like her. And I couldn't get it for like, you know, two or three months. And then all of a sudden I got it. And I was like, what in the world? Now I compare, (laughs) I I put that with, uh, you know, the exercises no. <laughs> so yeah I, when I listen you know I feel like I learned the best what is the most funny thing you learned in this festival like what is your favorite wisdom that you learned this festival um no just being honest it's <laughs> always like learning that lesson it's just yeah you know, being honest is a big thing to yourself and being honest to others I mean, yeah, I learned a lot of other techniques too, but like it just in general, if I had yeah. to sum it up. Would you come again to Rutusheim? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll come wherever Stefan is. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I'll go wherever Stefan is. Yeah. yeah, for real. Great. If I could, you know, play some gigs to cover the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, we're putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, uh, thank you so much for being in the podcast. That's yeah. also very generous of you. Yeah. Uh, and I hope to have a, a continuously very nice uh, week. And also I hope to see you again in Europe. Yeah. It would be great. Yeah, me too. It would be great. It's been a great time so far. First so, time in Europe. Thank you, Mr. Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs>
Monster 